All right, um, children, we're not going to dismiss you because we love you. We want you here. Can we get maybe some more house lights on? That would be really helpful. Uh, we are doing something this morning that may be the first time ever in the history of church, of all church. I'm not even really sure about this. But here's what I need. I need you guys to kind of set a precedent. If we can pull this off, churches around the world might be tempted to do something as bold, audacious, and scary as we're about to do. Okay? What we're going to do is this. We are going to have a time where um, instead of really like talking to adults and kids are kind of there and they kind of pick up on part of it, we're going to talk to kids and the parents and the adults are going to be kind of there and a part of it. But you guys got the front row seats because we're going right after you this morning. Agreed? All right. Now, here's a couple ground rules. One is this. One is that I'm okay with this morning being a little bit a little bit louder and stuff. I'm going to ask you some fun things, and we're going to be involved in some things. But when I try to, like, pull it back together, I need you guys to kind of come back with me, all right? If you're in other countries, here's what happens sometimes. When you're right in the middle of church, like a pig will go walking through. So we can handle the distraction of, like, kids and a little bit of noise. Here's the other ground rule, though. Parents still get to be their, your, your parents. So what that means is this. If you're kind of like acting out a little bit, parents are going to give a little bit more leeway because the pastor just said we could be a little bit noisier and more like, hmm, like that in church today. But if everyone else is kind of like this and you're swinging from one of these fans, that's a problem, huh? Mom and dad are still mom and dad and they might come in and they might give you a little evil eye that's like, hey, you know, straighten up. Or they might come over and do the shoulder tap. You ever get the shoulder tap in church? I did all the time. My, my, my dad did this one once all too. Just a little pop on the head. I'm like, ooh. And that means, like, stop doing whatever I was doing. So, um, agreed? All right. Here we go. Um, kids in big church. Here's one of the cool things about growing up in the church is I don't care how old you get or how big or little the church will feel. This will always be, like, big church. Okay? I still think of it as big church when I come to this place, even though this isn't a massive church. And sometimes being a kid in church can be really, really hard, huh? We're going to talk about some of why it's hard. Here's, here's what was really hard for me. I had what you called an overactive imagination. Okay? Now, all kids have an imagination, right? Right now, you're already imagining different things. You're thinking about different things. And like, if you look at a playground and all the kids are running around and playing, that would be like normal kid imagination. But sometimes you look at the playground and there's one kid that's like doing like double time. He's going all over the place. That would be an overactive imagination, okay? And that was me. And when you're sitting in school or in church, sometimes an overactive imagination gets you in a little bit of trouble, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Now, the church I grew up in, see how tall our ceiling is? Ben could almost touch that, right? It's, it's not that high, right? The church I grew up in, it was like three times as high. It was massive, okay? Now, to explain this story, I've got to do something. I'd be sitting in church, and every week I would try to go, and I would try to, like, um, really be good and listen but remember that overactive imagination I was talking about? It would start to kind of get me in trouble. I'd start to wander a little bit. So here's what would happen. I'd be sitting in church, just like you guys are. Can I sit here next to Carson and Bradley? Okay. Uh, I don't think this ever happened to me in church, by the way. I don't think the pastor ever came and sat next to me. It might have kept me engaged if it happened more. But I was sitting in church, and in our church we had this giant ceiling, and the back of it looked exactly like a cruise ship, like a massive cruise ship. Now here's what would happen. I'd be trying to listen to the pastor. I'm trying to follow along in the Bible. But I'd see the cruise ship, and I'd imagine that I just fell off of my vacation. And when you're sitting here looking up, it's like you're in the water. And so in my mind, I've got this adventure story going on, and I'm like, help! And I'm like trying to get, but the cruise ship's going away. You see the picture? 
And I'm sitting here and I'm just, I'm wondering, why is the cruise ship leaving me? And no one's rescuing me whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of my story, everyone in the whole church would start laughing. Now you can imagine how this hurt my feelings. These are church people laughing at my misfortune. I'm floating in the water. My parents, everyone I know is leaving on the cruise ship. Everyone's laughing. You know what I realized? I kind of like come to and realize, oh yeah, we're in church. I'm not behind a cruise ship. I'm safe. That's the good news. The bad news is, the speaker just said something super funny, which is the part I live for in church, and I just missed it. And so then I go to my brother, I'm like, hey, what did he just say? And guess what happened? Mom and dad are like, Shh. And it's like just a bummer. So then a different story would start. So, here's the deal. If you guys have a story go on, that's okay, but let me just warn you, you might miss a funny part of church, and that's a real bummer. Here's the other thing. As I got older, I sang in the choir. I was singing in the choir in high school, and... um. You know what the choir did? The choir sang for the first service. You know what time the first service started? 7 o'clock. That's a.m. Yeah, on some parts of the month, that's when the, the sun isn't even up yet. Here's what I would do. We'd sit in the front row. We'd sing for the service. Now, mind you, I'm in high school now, okay? A little bit older, a little bit more sophisticated, but my active imagination is still running wild, right? And now, on top of it, I'm a growing teenager. Teenagers need lots of sleep, Okay. So I would show up for church, get there, we'd sing our song. Once we sang our part, guess what happened? We had to sit up there for the whole sermon. Sometimes guys like me talk a lot, huh? And I was up there, I'm like, oh my goodness. Now here's what I discovered is this. And you may have tried this, you may see your parents doing this once in a while. But I discovered if I had both my, my elbows on my knees like this, and I could just kind of put my hands like this, okay? Now I'm listening, I'm paying attention. What's hard is the whole church is watching me while I'm in the front row of the choir, okay? It's a little scary, right? Of course, it was a big choir, so I didn't think they were looking just at me. But then, if you go into prayer mode, watch this. Now, I'm the high school kid who's praying for all the lost people. I'm praying for missionaries around the world. I'm praying for all the starving children. Do you see how spiritual this is? I'm getting spiritual points, and I'm kind of resting my eyes a little bit. Okay? I thought I was a genius. I thought I was really smart. But here's the problem. When you're, when you're doing this, and actually some Sundays, I may have actually been praying. Really. But sometimes I was just resting my eyes. But if you relax too much, you guys know what happens. Huh? You've tried it. You're going along. Boom. And then you kind of like do this. And if you do that in the front row and you've relaxed too much, what happens? All the eyes go, phew. Look at that pagan. He wasn't praying. He was sleeping. You know? And then they chase you off to church. But sometimes, sometimes I would do that. And in super slow-mo, as I'd kind of come to, if you ever drool, it would kind of like fly back. And hit the cute girl, ending all chance of romance for that, for that one. So, sleeping in church, wandering... Some of you are going, who is this guy? Wandering minds in church. Listen, it's all part of the deal. We're not even going to turn there, but there's a really cool story. By the way, some of you are famous because you're now on our screen. Uh, these are kids from our church. Um, we're going to talk about obeying parents this morning. And, um, and I was reading through the Bible, and right in the middle of the book of Acts, it shows that sleeping in church and wandering minds in church is not new, okay? There's nothing new about that. There was one time this guy, Paul, he was the pastor, and he was preaching away, okay? And he's preaching to these people, and there was this kid named Eutychus. And that's just fun to say, so we're all going to say on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Eutychus. Very good. Not unicorn, Eutychus. Eutychus is up there. Now listen, the pastor's preaching and preaching and preaching, and he must be going. Like, he was, like, getting real good, because he was on fire. And here's what happened. Third story window... Eutychus, we don't know how old he was, but he probably wasn't that much different than some of you sitting right here. Eutychus is sitting there, and some of you already know this story, but Eutychus is sitting there, and guess what happens? He falls asleep, 
but he didn't, he didn't do my te- safe technique. That's a real safe technique. He didn't know that one. And he fell out of a third-story window to his death. That's just such a little serious turn. So he's dead, okay? He just fell out of the window because he was asleep in church. Now, here's where it gets crazy. It was around midnight. So, so first of all, Paul's been preaching all the way through till midnight. This kid's dead on the ground. Paul comes down, the pastor comes down, and he raises the kid from dead, from, from, from the dead. Now, here's the amazing part, is he's like, all right, church, it's halftime. And he preaches all the way till morning. Okay? So this kid falls asleep and dies. Here's kind of the two points I want you to get. One is this. No matter how church ever feels like, if it ever feels too long, and you know, like this is super long, know that there are churches out there that are way longer than our church. Okay? So know that you have it pretty good. We've never pulled, like, start in the midday, halftime, someone dies, party, preach till morning. Okay? We are going to have breakfast after church today, but we're not going to go all night to get there. Okay? So here's the second thing. If you're going to fall asleep in church and you're near a third-story window, you better make sure your pastor knows how to raise people from the dead. Okay? And God's never allowed that to happen with me, so just be real careful where you choose to fall asleep in big church. Ephesians 6. If you're an adult or you're a kid, open up your Bible. Ephesians 6. We're going to read a verse that is our memory verse for the week, and, um, and we're going to get this. Here's one of the cool things that's, that's going on is... Um, Paul is talking to, uh, directly to kids here. And something that we really believe strongly about, and this is why you guys always start off in church before you get dismissed, is we don't think that the second you come to church, you ought to all just go off to church and your parents stay somewhere else. Right? Here's why. Right in the Bible, we're going to read this passage, and you know who the pastor is talking to? Directly to kids. He's not speaking to your parents. Hey, parents, tell your kids this message. He's talking directly to them. So here we are in a, in a passage of Scripture that's directed right at children. You guys there? Ephesians chapter 6. So we're going to look at this. It's really short, so if you haven't found it yet, you can just listen and, and hear it. It says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. One of the things that, we, uh, that we're going to do this morning is this. Fortunately, parents and adults are able to listen in to what we're talking about because of this. Do you know that your parents and you are in the same boat? You guys are under authority of your parents, but really you're under authority of God, and your parents are under the authority of God. So just like a really good Pixar movie, here's what we're hoping. We're hoping that some message gets through to the adults and parents in the room while it's getting through to the kids, okay? So that's, what, that's, our, that's our aim and our goal. Um, here's the big idea. You guys know the, 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 the big idea from Kids Studio that, that comes along? Several months ago, like a long time ago, obedience was one of the topics. Now, if someone could pull out the big idea of obedience, they would be like all-star, and they will get to go first at the welcome lunch and get all the eggs, pancakes, and syrup they want as long as their parents approve. All right? So, big idea for obedience. I had to look it up. I had no idea because I don't sit in, in, in children's things. Anyone, anyone know that one? Anyone remember it? Okay? It's kind of, it's kind of like wordy. But here it is. Listen. Trusting those who lead you by doing what they ask. Okay? That was the big idea for obedience. Trusting those who lead you by doing what they ask. Now, um, 
I kind of simplify it for you. Here's what it is. Ready? Obey is saying yes. Disobeying is saying no. Okay? So Simon says, let's say we're playing Simon Says right now. If Simon said, then you're supposed to do it, right? So Simon says, stand up. Stand up. Okay? Now just sit down. Aha, see, Simon didn't say. I think my son didn't care that Simon didn't say. He was just, he was just tired. All right, Simon says, sit down. Okay, there you go. You guys got it, right? So obedience is saying yes. Disobedience is saying no. That's a really, really simple thing that, that we're going to go with. Now, I know that honoring and obeying is really kind of hard sometimes. So here's what I've decided to do. I decided to make the kid's guide to um, obeying and honoring. Okay? And what we decided to do was go with this word rad. So I'm going to teach you a word that says rad. Okay? On the count of three, we're going to say rad. One, two, three. Rad. Rad is short for radical. We're talking 80s here. All right? Mullets, parachute pants, peg pants. That whole deal. Girls have things too, but I just know the guy stuff. Um, so rad is a word that's kind of powerful because, listen, people still say rad. I still say rad. I'll say, wow, that's rad. And you have to kind of say it, sometimes in that 80s, like, whisper a little bit. It kind of gets, like, the emotion of it. Nick knows what I'm talking about. He's an 80s fan. So what you do is you just go, if you want to be really emphatic, here's what you do. You just go like this. Like, someone does something really cool, and you just go like this. You go, and you kind of whisper it. You bring it down to a hushed tone. Or you can just go, rah, like that. But the word really still works. And it's, it's one of those that's kind of lasted and, and, and passed the, the, the test of time. Here's what, what, what rad stands for, okay? Here's what it means to obey. Unfortunately, Carson doesn't get to make up what obey means. And neither does Nick. And neither does Daniel. And neither does Lindsay. There's this thing in the Bible that we say, okay, here's, here's what honoring and, and, and obeying is. And it's kind of confusing. Yes and no is pretty simple, but I've given you a couple things. The first one is this right away. Right away means this. When I said Simon says stand up, every one of you, it took like 3.2 seconds to get up. You guys just stood up. You just did it. You obeyed, okay? You guys know what it's like when mom or dad says, um, hey, you know, come over here and do this or pick up that or help set the table or whatever else. Do you guys have to help set the table in your house at all? Yeah. yeah? All right. Fun. So let's say you do that. Now, here's, here's the opposite of doing it right away. The opposite of doing it right away is this, is uh, just staying there and going, you know what? I'm going to wait until my mom reaches that pitch where I know I'm in huge trouble if I don't come and do it. So I've got like several octaves to go. We're, we're fine. And you just keep waiting for her to do it. You know, parents sometimes say the same thing, and the second time they're not quite as sweet and pleasant about it. That's an indication you're not doing it right away, okay? Right away is, hey, come over here, and you put down what you're doing, you realize your parents report, and you walk over and you say, yeah, what is it? That's right away, okay? Here's the second one. Um, the, the, the second one is, is all the way. So we've got right away and all the way. All the way means this. Um, I want you to pick up your, uh, your shoes from, from the front room, okay? Now, this is hypothetical. Mike could never, ever leave their shoes in the front room. That's not true. They do, Okay? So these are drawn from real life experience. So let's say that you have shoes. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Come on, Ben. Fire it off. Ten pairs of shoes. Give it up. That's the most pairs of shoes I've ever heard a young man say. That's impressive, young man. Now listen, Benjamin, you've got shoes. Do you ever leave them in the front room? Come on. You're doing like Star Wars ninja stuff. You forget. They're right there in the middle. I'm sure it's happened at least once. Maybe just one shoe. One of the, you know, lots of shoes that you have. So let's say there's a shoe there. Let's say there's two, and Benjamin decides, no, let's not say two. You've got ten pairs. That's cool. Eight pairs of shoes were out the front room, okay? I don't know what he was doing. He couldn't decide. And mom says this. 
Benjamin? Oh, she probably says it. So we're Benjamin, sweetie, um, I'd like you to pick up all of your shoes from, from the front room. Okay? Now, it's really, really clear to Benjamin what he's supposed to do, isn't it? What if he picks up six of the eight pairs that he left out? Did he do it all the way? No. So did he obey? No, right? He, he kind of started down that path, but he didn't do it all the way. What if it took him three hours to do it because he wanted to finish reading that novel he was reading first? Would he be obeying? No. He's kind of doing it on his own time. So right away, all the way, and here's the third one. Don't grumble or complain. Now this can kind of turn into a rap or kind of a chant if you want. Right away, all the way, don't grumble or complain. Like you could walk around chanting that and your parents would be like, man, that's a cool rap. Uh, but you have to kind of add a beat to it because that sounds kind of lame right there. But listen, don't grumble or complain means this. Let's say you do it right away. Let's say Benjamin picks up every pair of his shoes, but the whole time he's like, Mom, he's doing all this stuff. Is that doing it without grumbling or complaining? No. So, if you don't do it right away, all the way, and without grumbling or complaining, you're kind of missing the boat. Philippians 2.14, I know of a family that wisely chose of this as kind of their family verse to focus on for an entire week. Here it is. Ready? Anyone in the room know what Philippians 2.14 is without looking at it? I had to look it up. Don't, don't, don't feel bad. I'm just asking. What is it, Chuck? Booyah! He got it! Ding, ding, ding! Give it up for Mr. Adam! Here it is! Here it is, in case you missed it. Here it is. Get ready? Here, here's the verse. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Any of you ever argue with mom and dad? Yeah. Now, let me say, two ways of arguing, okay? Some of you are really aggressive and really, like, take charge and jump in there and do it. So, here's how you argue. You go, but I don't want to do it. It's totally unfair. Bobby never has to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And you do arguing that way. Some of you, I just spit, that's gross. Some of you are a little bit more passive and quiet and shy and reserved. And here's how sometimes people who are like that, Abby, I don't know which one you are, but let's say Abby's over here. Sometimes you can argue this way, okay? You can argue, grumble, and complain really vocal and loud, or you can go like this. And the whole rest of the day, you just decided you're going to kind of like give mom the silent treatment, or you're going to scowl, or you can do this. You guys do this. Like throw, throw that lip out. We never once taught our, she was three years old at the time, but we never once taught our three-year-old that, and yet, um, and yet Cassie does that sometimes. She just went, or like, whoa. And mom had this sweet thing. She'd be like, put that lip away. She just tell to put it away. And it went right back in. She wasn't allowed to, to, to put it out. Nick, I'm going to quiz you with something. I, ho- I hope you get this right. Parents have all kinds of great things. Listen to this one. I don't know if you other kids have heard this, but I might steal this. Parents, this is like no taking time. Here it is. Ready? Um, in the Collins household, here's what's said sometimes. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. I love it. So, let's say that you eat, what's your least favorite food that you eat once while at dinner? You like peas? You like broccoli? Cauliflower? Meat? What don't you like? Who trained this kid? It's amazing. Pick one food that you just don't like. All right, forget about it. Zach, what don't you like? Relish? Okay. I'm with you. I don't like relish either. But that was good. All right, so let's say that you got relish and peas for dinner. You like the peas, but you don't like the relish. 
So, where, how this works in the Collins phone, from what I understand, is you get it, and then mom and dad say, you get what you get, and then what, what's the rest of it? And you don't throw a fit. That's doing it without grumbling or complaining. Now, here's what we have in our role. Is it once in a while, is it true that your parents are wrong? Yeah. You know what? Once in a while, it's true. Here's a rule in our household. If I ask my son, let's say David was my son. He's not, but, but he's a cool name, so I'm going to talk to him. Let's say David's my son, and I said, David, you know what? Um, I want you to go to bed right now. It's time to stop playing video games and, and, and go to bed. Now, if David sits there, and he's holding the controller, and he decides, um, we have really small controllers in our house. And so he's holding his controller, he's playing, he's playing his video games, and he goes, you know what? Um, remember you said earlier today that because um, there's no school tomorrow, it's a Monday, but there's a special teacher in service day, that I don't have to go to bed early? Do you know what? We would not be having this discussion because here's what he's doing. Did, it, did he obey right away for me? No. Did he obey all the way for me? No. Is he grumbling or complaining? Not really. He's not really grumbling or complaining, but he's still kind of just doing what, what he wants to do. Now, here's the huge difference. Watch this. Let's say David's playing video games. He remembers this in his mind. Poor mom and dad have lots of other things to think about. They forgot they had said that to him. Okay? Now, watch the difference. If David's playing along and we go, oh, time for bed. And David goes like this. Okay, he puts it down, and as he's walking to go obey, while he's obeying, right away, all the way, without government complaining, he says, Mom, is it cool to ask you Remember you said earlier that, um, that I could stay up later? Is that, can, can I still do that? I'll tell you what, nine times out of ten, parents will remember that comment and say, Oh yeah, sweetie, absolutely, you can stay up. Thanks for handling that so well. Give it up for David. Good job, buddy. Wow. Awesome. Now, that's hypothetical, but you can make it a reality tonight, okay? So, listen. So, here's the rule of this. Listen, if, you guys, if you guys are obeying, then you can discuss it once in a while with mom and dad. Are you doing it in, a, in an honorable way, in a respectful way? That's, that's what we're hoping for. Now, um, why is this guy on the planet who ever lived? Do you guys know who that was? He's already dead. Solomon. Someone said it. Solomon was the wisest guy ever. Listen to what he said. Listen. Proverbs 6 is this, my son, talking to girls too, but my son, my children, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teachings. Check this out. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are a way of life. Let me ask you a question. Is obeying your mom and dad easy or hard? Okay. Easy. I'm hearing both. Easy, hard, easy sometimes. Okay. I think the best answer is this. Sometimes it's really easy, right? If I tell all of you, listen, we're going to go to Disneyland next week and you all have to come. Okay. You know what? Right there, it's super easy. You're like, man, right away, all the way, don't grumble, complain. Got it. Easy. Now, if I say next week for a week straight, we're going to rake every neighbor's lawn for them, and it's, it's like 100 degrees out, and you're joining me doing that, okay? Right away, you say, wow, that's not so bad, but what, what do I do? Like, can I do that? That becomes really hard, right? One is in line with your will. One is against your will. You don't really want to do it. You're like, that sounds yucky and boring and hard. So, let me just hear from you. Kids, what makes obeying parents hard? Just call me that, yeah. Okay, so tell you something that you want to do. What else? Talk to me. Why am I getting this? Yeah. (laughs) 
When you're sleeping, that's very challenging. Unless we said go to bed. Lindsay. Yeah. You're right in the middle of the super fun thing. You finally got to do it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you have to do this. And you, and you have to switch gears and do that. That's really challenging. Yeah. Middle of a good book. Yeah, you're reading it. What happened? Yeah, off oh, at the table. Read books at the table. That sounds really fun. Jonathan, go. Yes. My mom had this like, like Steve Austin level scope of eye that could see every ounce of dirt and dust everywhere. Go, let's hear it. Like for a chore or something? Like, yeah, my dad would come in singing about chore day on Saturday. And I didn't think he should sing about that. Benjamin, do you have one more? Talk to me, buddy. Shoes. It's got to involve shoes, I bet. I'm just kidding. When your parents make you eat snails? Is it escargot, like with garlic and whatnot? I don't know what that's about, but we'll go on. Okay. You're going to miss that thing, huh? Okay. So, here's the bottom line. Obeying your parents is really hard. You know what else is hard? Life is hard. Growing up is hard. Making really, really good choices is hard. You know what else is hard? Loving people really well is hard. One more thing's hard. Some of you are like really observing and wondering why my leg is, is bulging. Look at this. That's a Rubik's Cube. Okay? We're keeping with the rad 80s theme here. All right? Anyone ever seen a Rubik's Cube? Any of you kids, have you seen those before? Okay. Now, here's, here's the deal with Rubik's Cubes. They're really, really hard, okay? Um, these came out when I was younger, and, and if you think about it, Rubik's Cubes are a, little bit, um, are a little bit like life. You can kind of envision how life should go, right? You kind of envision, like I envisioned sitting in church. I wanted to pay attention. I wanted to be really good. I wanted to not wander and, you know, and be fussy and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes it was really hard. But I can envision what it was supposed to be like. I can picture in my mind what it was like to obey my parents all the time the right way. But here's what happened. I can also envision my friends always doing things that, that I wanted, but life sometimes starts to turn out different ways, doesn't it? And like little events start to happen. And all of a sudden it's like, man, how do I get it, how do I get it back there? And then you're like, well, it's kind of messed up. I think I better start to fix it. And so you decide to get some glues back together. And so, uh-oh. See? See how hard this starts to get? Oh, maybe like this. Okay, there we go. Okay. Oops. So now there's one, I, mean, I got it most of the way, but, but it's really hard. And then what happens is time goes on, and you kind of go through life, and then guess what? Uh, sometimes there's some hurt and pain that goes on. You know that? And, and before you know it, as you're, as you're kind of cruising through life, and, and life is showing you all these different things, this, this picture gets really, really challenging. And then you decide, you know what, I better start to get this, get this fixed. And so... Um, Tori, can I just pick on you for one second? Here's what you do sometimes. You say, you know what? My life's a little bit of a mess. I got in kind of a, I got in kind of a, a tough jam, and I'm trying to get it back together. Now, Tori, um, I'm trying to get all the blues here and all the whites over here. Um, can you... Actually, that wouldn't make sense. All the yellows right here. Can you just help me out? Can you give me a choice? Like, which, which way should I go? Just, just make one move for me. Help me out. Try to get it better for me. Here's what happens, guys. Sometimes especially once you start getting into middle school and high school. Okay. What happens is you go to your friends and you're like, you know what? I need some advice. I need some input. 
and they go, okay, and they, and they kind of help you out. Now, thank you, Tori, very much. But you know what? Um, my, my friends usually have their own Rubik's Cube, and they're trying to figure it out, and it looks a lot like this. Now, here's the thing. Growing up and having parents, God's given you um, someone to kind of help you through this, this maze a little bit. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just, you can just kind of look at that Rubik's Cube there for a second. While you're doing that, in fact, um, here's what I'll do. Let me have you pause for one second, okay? For one moment, I'm just going to kind of talk to parents and adults in the room. You guys get to kind of chill, but kind of like chill quietly, okay? Because I need to talk to them, and you guys can just kind of hang out. Pretend you're eating popcorn, but don't do it too loud. Um, Here's the thing. Parents, do, do, do your children naturally want to obey you all of the time perfectly? Answer is no. Okay, I already know the answer. Rhetorical. Um, here's the thing. We're all born with this, with this innate sense of not wanting to obey, right? And we get this because we have a Heavenly Father. So that means this. That means that you have been given to instruct them on how to obey. Guess how your kids learn how to obey most of all. They will learn with your words a little bit. They'll learn with cute little acronyms like RAD, but... Most powerfully, they will watch what you do. Every single one of us in this room is under the authority of God, but besides that, there are other authorities in our life. Let me just paint a picture for you. Dad comes home from work. Dad is grumbling about the boss. Dad is saying the boss doesn't know diddly squat about my job and why is he rubbing his nose in it. And I don't care that he told me to do this. I'm not going to do it. My boss doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's say that mom is out with Junior picking out soccer cleats or something. And while on the way, uh, mom decides to say, you know what, I know that dad had said that we're not going to go above this amount or we're not going to go with this style or whatever else, but you know what, let's just kind of fudge that and, and go around that. That doesn't really matter. You know what ends up happening is that the children begin to see this. Obeying the authority that God has placed in your life is optional. Now, you come along to Junior, and you give an instruction. And you want it right away, you want it all the way, and you don't want grumbling or complaining about it. But guess what? They've learned. They've learned maybe a different pattern. Here's the great thing about this morning. Kids, we're, 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 we're back together, okay? Got you back. All right. Here's the great thing about this morning, is there's, is there's a lot of grace. And that means that starting today, you guys can turn a new leaf and start to do some of these things. Now, um, there's one time you're, not, you're, you're, you're allowed, according to God, you are allowed to not obey your parents. One time. Do you guys know what that is? What? If they tell you something that is sin, that is against God's will, you're, not, you're, you're allowed not to do it. Right? Give me an example of that. What's something that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt is wrong and you can point to a chapter and verse? Trent. Um, we really, if you really wanted them to buy you something, uh-huh. like your parents uh, tell you to go take it. Yeah, absolutely. Mom, Dad, I really, really want this or that thing. And they say, sweetie, we just don't have the money. Why don't you just steal it? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what he's getting at. Now, this is all hype, hands down. It's all hypothetical. I'm sure this doesn't happen. But, but, sweetie, I know you really want it. I know you, it will really, really make you happy. Why don't you just go ahead and steal that? 
Now, here's the thing. In fact, instead of doing that, let's say they commanded Trent to steal it. Let's say they came to you and said, hey, come here. I want you to go take that and steal that. You know what? Right then and there, kids, you are allowed to disobey your parents because you're, you're obeying God over them. Okay? Now, this is really, really rare. I have met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents, and most every parent that I ever meet doesn't do this. Parents can be wrong on things, but usually they don't come and ask you to do something directly against God's will. Now, is there a way to honor your parents even while disobeying them because they've asked you to steal this thing? There is, isn't there? You could go, sinner! And like point at them and start shouting and throwing things at them and all of that. That would be dishonoring and disobeying. So now you've got God's judgment on yourself for that. But listen, what if you did this? What if instead you said this? What if instead you, you went like this? You went, you know what, Mom and Dad? Um, I really love you, and I want to be rad as, a, as an obedient kid, but, um, but I cannot do this. God told me not to steal, and I can't do that. And I'm sorry if you're mad at me, but I can't do that. Okay? Now, that's, a, that's an honorable way to disobey them. Okay? Now, mind you, if you're going to pull this card, you better have a chapter and verse in the Bible that says this is disobeying God's will. You know who did this? Daniel. The king, the one in authority over Daniel's life, said, you do this. You worship these, these false gods. And Daniel said, I'm not going to do it. But he, but he did it respectfully, and he, and he bore the punishment of it. But he knew he was under God. So there's very few instances where that happens. Now, do you know that obedience brings about blessing? This verse talks about blessing. Blessing is like a churchy, fancy word for gifts, good things, things you want to have happen in your life. Okay? Here's what it says from Ephesians 6. It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. So there's a promise attached to it. Here it is. Ready? That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Let me just say a couple quick things about this. It doesn't mean that every single person you've ever met that died young was dishonoring to their parents. What it does mean is this. It means that there's this principle that when you obey your parents, you know what it is? It's like you're in this little like, circle of safety here. Okay? And you're saying, I'm going to obey my parents. And God gave my parents to me. And when I step outside of that, I'm stepping outside of their authority. Usually they're asking me to do things because they love me and they want to protect me, right? Isn't that true? What if my kids got in the habit of obeying whenever they felt like it? And what if one of my kids was riding towards the street, had his iPod on or something, and didn't see a car coming, and I said, stop, like that. And the person decides, you know what? I'm just going to obey when I want to obey. That could be one wrong choice. And boom, car versus kid, not a good picture. However, when the kid obeys right away, listen, the kid pays attention and obeys right away, boom, saved his life, didn't it? So, there's a promised blessing that goes on with this. Here's the other thing I want you to remember. Sin always robs us and obedience always blesses us, Okay? You don't like to be taken from, huh? You like to be given to. God wants to give to you and bless you, but His path of doing that is through obedience. A couple more minutes and then we're almost done. Jesus. I want to bring up Jesus to you. Because, did you know that Jesus was the perfect model of being rad? He was. He did it right away. He did it all the way. He didn't, he didn't grumble or complain about obeying His Father. Listen to this. Jesus said this, I love the Father. And I do exactly what my Father has commanded to me to do. He also understood why He was on the earth. Listen to what He says. John 6.38 says this, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. 
Every child of God in this room can take that lesson and realize this. When you obey your parents, you know what you're telling them? I love you. Is it good to give your mom a card on Mother's Day that says I love you? Yeah. What if the one time you ever do that is on Mother's Day? Not so good, huh? Once in a while, we haven't kept this up, but once in a while, we, we decided to invent a holiday called Kid Day. Because there's Mother's Day and Father's Day, but there's no Kid Day. So we decided, let's have Kid Day. And on Kid Day, the parents decided to do some fun things for the kids and tell them we loved them. What if the only time you ever heard mom and dad say, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I want you in my life, and you're special, was on Kid Day? One time a year. Wouldn't that be sad? That'd be really sad, huh? But instead, listen to this. What if you guys, every single day, you worked at remembering this, that I'm right in the middle of doing something I want to do. I'm being asked to do something I really don't want to do. But you know what? I love my parents. I want to tell them I love them by just obeying. So I'm going to do that. More than that, I love God, and I'm going to tell God I love Him by obeying my parents. Now, here's what I want. Um... I want my buddy Andrew to come on to the front. Andrew, come on here, buddy. Um, I decided that uh, we needed we needed something to, to, to go on with um, this Rubik's Cube. Uh, Romans 6.12, while he's coming up here. Andrew, you're going to grab a seat right on that stool, okay? Um, Romans 6.12 says this, ready? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you may obey its evil desire. Not only was Jesus a model for us, Jesus gives us the might for it. I want to see everyone flex right now. Let me see you flex. Come on. Flex. Yeah. The junior higher dudes in the back, like, let me show off my guns. Yeah. All right. There's got some muscle there. Now, listen. Who in the room... I'm not going to ask that. I already know the answer. No one in the room has the might to obey right away, all the way, without grumbling complaining every time, huh? So we need power to do this. You know who gives us the power? Jesus gives us the power to do this. Here's what this verse is talking about. Um, let, me, let me just show two words to you. What word did I just circle? Rain. rain. Very good. Is it this kind of rain? No. no, no, no. It's rain like a kingdom, right? Okay, you have a kingdom, and what does the king get to do? He gets to decide what? What to do. What else? What? The laws. What else? What does the king get to do? Huh? How to do it. What? Huh? He can put people to death. He has a lot of power, right? What else? Listen, David nailed it. The king gets to do kind of whatever he wants. He's in power. He's in control. Okay? And he's like, why did I come up here so early? It's a little awkward. Don't worry. No one's looking at you. So the word reign, listen to me, guys. The word reign is this, is this idea of a kingdom. Now, the Bible says this. We're all born under the kingdom of our evil desires, that we have to obey it. The whole thing with Jesus dying on the cross is that He comes and He fights this battle. He wins so that we have this new kingdom and we have a new king. And He gets to choose now what goes on in our life. Who we get to obey. How we get to do it. The ability to do it. All of that. Wasn't it? Where we get to do it. Exactly. So, because of that, that's a really important thing because the second word I want to circle is this. We want to not let sin reign because of what Jesus did for us so we don't have to obey anymore the evil desires. The evil desires are, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do because I want to do it. Instead, we have the freedom to go and do the right thing. Now, this will not be easy. And here's what I want you to watch. I want you to watch this. Okay? Here's the only way I think I ever solved the Rubik's Cube. And I tried long and hard. And people tried to show me tricks. I don't, I don't think I ever succeeded. 
But a little secret, if you want to fool people and really mess with people, is you can peel these stickers off and you can put all the white ones right here and all the orange ones right here. And then you can give it as a trick. If you want to trick someone, if old Uncle Eddie knows how to solve a Rube's Cube, if you switch all the stickers, I don't know that he can get it back together. Could he? Maybe, possibly not. All the old tricks would not work. Now, what I want you to do is while I'm talking, I want you to see our Rubik's Cube in the hands of Andrew. Go to work, Andrew. Um, one more thing for the adults and kids alike. There's a certain point at which obeying starts to change. You know when that is? When you get married, when you move out of the house, when you decide to go start to establish your own rules, you begin to obey in a, in a different way. That starts to fade way away. But you know what never changes with parents is honoring your parents. You never stop honoring your parents. Here's one of the things that you can honor parents with. Older kids, maybe who still live at home or who are approaching this phase. On your wedding day, you know what you ought to do to honor your parents? You ought to include them and invite them in and seek out their counsel and input. In life, you ought to seek for ways for them to show uh, you ought to show them love and respect by how you live. And finally, in old age, when mom and dads are super old, you know what happens as you guys grow up? We start to grow down. And like our back's a little bit older, and we start going, we start moving a little bit slower. We might need a cane someday. Okay? Here's the thing. Don't forget us. Don't forget your parents when they're really old. Include them. Talk to them. Us adults in this room need to remember this lesson. That's a way to honor mom and dad even when you're grown up and out of their house. And some of that, for some of those people in the room, won't be easy. Now, as Andrew's doing this, I want you to know something. Your parents, look at me for one second while he's working. One second. Look at me. Your parents know things that you don't. Look, look over here again. Okay. Now, your parents know things they won't. So what happens is, actually, he's working on pause for one second, midstream. Okay. Look at this. He's already doing a pretty good job, huh? You can start to trust him. You're like, yeah, this guy looks like he might know what he's doing. Can I just mess you up? Sorry. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. As he's going along, I might be watching him and go, no, don't turn it that way. We need that color over there. And sometimes it looks like he's not... Did I mess you up? Okay. Sorry. Sometimes it looks like, it looks like he's making it worse. Sometimes your parents will tell you to do things, kids. Listen to this. And it will feel like the wrong thing. I put a maze in your bulletin this morning. I don't know if you guys got it, but I always wish for more bulletins, word searches, and crossword puzzles in the bulletin so I wouldn't be as bored in church. So once in a while, we put them in there for you guys. Just like a maze, if you're standing above the maze, you can tell your little rat like how to get to the cheese, huh? Because you can stand above it. And you're like, no, don't go left, go right. And the rat's like, okay. Because they trust you and they want that cheese, right? Your parents are very similar to that. Parents have a different perspective, and they want you to eat cheese. Okay? They really do. Um, look at this guy. He's cruising. Here's another thing. Um, sometimes the authorities in your life, listen to this, are going to make mistakes. So you are actually trusting God when you trust people in authority over you, even if they make mistakes in life. Another thing that makes this really, really hard is this. Some of you watch TV shows, movies, and are on campuses where people will laugh at you for trying to obey and honor your parents. It's a big joke to honor and obey your parents. Instead of being something where it's like, hey, Nick, great job, buddy. I'm so proud of you for honoring and obeying your parents. Can I give you a gold star? Instead, what they'll do sometimes is they'll poke fun at him. 
You guys ever had someone make fun of you or try to make you feel shame for obeying your parents or honoring your parents? If you haven't, you will. And that's when you need to know, am I going to trust my, my friends and what they say about this? Or am I going to trust God and what He says about this? Let me tell you a verse from Second Timothy that talks about the fact that disobeying your parents is a really serious sin. Listen to these sins, you guys. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Everyone give yourself a hug. Lovers of themselves. Give it up for Andrew right now. Here it is. Ready? Here it is. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Here's the instruction. Have nothing to do with them. Did you catch what was right in the middle of that list of horrible things? Disobedience to parents. Instead of thinking that's a little small minor thing, it is a massive thing. Because God understands this principle. As you obey your parents and as you learn to obey an authority that you can see, mom and dad, you will grow one day in learning to obey God who isn't right there giving you those hand-by-hand clear instructions. I want to invite the band to come on up now. One of the things that I want you to understand as we close up is this. Wasn't that impressive? Now here's the thing. Some of you who just saw this from a distance, who've never tried this before, are like, oh, that's easy, I could do it. You know what? It's really, really challenging. Let me ask you this. If you were trying to work out your Rubik's Cube and you saw someone know how to do a Rubik's Cube and you saw me trying to do the Rubik's Cube, who would you come and ask advice from? Andrew, right? Because she knows what's going on. That's a really big indication to parents of this. Are your parents perfect? Anyone have perfect parents in here? No. You know why? Because we're in the same boat as you. We struggle to obey God, you guys. We do. It's really challenging to do the right thing all the time. But you know what I want you to pay attention to? As your parents are growing in their Christian character, as they start to look more and more like Christ, even when they stumble, as you see them understand grace and forgiveness and grow in their Christian walk, I want you guys to mimic that same thing. And learn what it means to keep on asking them. Even when it's not cool to ask your parents things. And there will come a day when people are like, I don't ask your parents. They don't know anything. They're just adults. I want you to think back to a little Rubik's Cube, okay? Your parents have, have gotten some life wisdom that you guys need. We're going to sing a song right now. It's called Come Home Running. Some of you know this song. Did you know that Jesus had a huge heart for disobedient kids? He did. He told this whole story, in fact, of this one kid that was so disobedient, he didn't honor his parents and he totally disobeyed them. He said no to them in every way, shape, or form. And then at one point in his life, he's down eating pig slop. You ever seen pig slop? It's disgusting. He began to long for things in pig slop because his life had gotten so messed up. All the colors were all jumbled and he couldn't fix it. And you know what the Bible says? 
says, this disobedient kid came to his senses. Right there in the pig slop, right there in the dump, right there in the stinky parts of life, he came to his senses. You know what he did? He said yes to his parents. So he came back to his parents. You know what the father did when the, when the prodigal son was, was a long way off? What did he do? Did he, did he write a big, long lecture speech and give him spankings? No. You know what he did? He was thrilled that his son had come home. And he says he ran to meet him and he embraced him. And that's the picture of us as disobedient, wayward kids and Jesus' heart for us. We're going to sing the song right now and here's what I want you to do. While we're singing it, I want kids in the room and I want potentially wayward, wandering, disobedient kids of our Heavenly Father in the room to just talk to God and, and, and do the right thing. It's never too late to turn and, and, and do the right thing. Do you know that? It's never too late to turn and do these things. Let me pray, and then um, we, will, uh, we will wrap up. Actually, here's how we're going to do this. Um, if you're a kid's studio worker, would you come and just stand in a, in a circle around these kids right now? All of, our, all of our kids' studio, all of our children's workers in any way, shape, or form, I want you to come and just form a quick circle around. Go ahead and sit down here. Thank you. Come, come quickly, and what we're going to do is this. Um, parents, we, we just as easily could have you in this circle and us laying hands on you as well and praying over you as well. Um, but here's what I want. I want a couple of our kids' studio workers to just pray out loud a prayer of blessing on these kids and on the parents who are uh, trusting the Lord as they, as they try to, to lead them and, and do it well. So um, can I get two volunteers to just pray out loud uh, of, of the children's workers to, to pray? Thank you.